you're just going to stand there eating that sushi all night? You haven't even looked at my photorealistic macaroni sculpture. It's Who Arted with Creative Messiah, Amy Ralfini. Amy, good morning to you. Good morning, Kitia. How are you? I'm, I'm very well. How are you doing? I'm feeling pretty chill. I've had about four or five days down at uh, the beach, just chilling out. Enjoying that beautiful weather. I know. I felt yeah. like I had a little mini summer. Very nice. lucky. Very lucky. Mini summer before the big summer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Who I did for this morning? Who do we have in studio? Today we've got sculptor. I would, I would call Wanda a sculptor, but anyway, we'll get into that later. Wanda Gillespie. And we'll be chatting about the origins of her practice and what she's got planned for the rest of this year and early next. Hi, Wanda. Hi. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. So let's save that at the end. <laughs> save that for the end, Okay, Wanda. okay. <laughs> okay, so Wanda, for everyone else who's listening, is an Australian-New Zealand contemporary artist based in Auckland. She has a Master's of Fine Arts from Victoria, Victorian College of Arts, which she got in 2009. That's in Melbourne, isn't, isn't yes, it? Yes, yeah. that's part of Melbourne University. Okay. Um, so you mainly use sculpture and photography much these days or for photographs of your sculptures? Um, I used to do a lot more performative photographic yeah. work and now it's really more sculpture, but I guess the photographic process is a big part of how I make the sculptures. So I'm often starting with photographs and finishing the photographs, and there's the sculptural process in the middle. Oh, how do you start with photographs? Just just before you answer that question, <laughs> for our listeners, uh, Wanda explores fictions and ideas around history, culture, ritual, and ceremony, and an interest in the mystical, paranormal, spirit world is central in her work. So, how do you, before we describe the work, how are you using photographs in the initial stages? Um, well, I guess with the figurative sculptures, I am working um, very carefully with photographs of people. So I take portrait oh. photographs. Yeah. Um, although in the past I have uh, grabbed faces off the internet <laughs> and merged them. Like I was sort of interested in looking at saints and gurus and seeing if there were any particular characteristics of their facial structure that might emanate some wow, that's, <laughs> spiritual that's, quality. That's very interesting, like if there's a repetitive pattern or something in the way that their face is structured or just... Yeah, I don't know. It was just an exploration to see, yeah, where it would go. But generally now I'm working, I'm taking portrait photographs of people and then using those as a reference to carve from. What an honour to be asked to be photographed, to be then carved into one of your beautiful characters. Oh, I should do you. Yeah. Could, was, it that, was, it, was that that obvious? I'm so obvious. Okay, so to give a bit more of a description around your work, your sculptures are often presented as historical artefacts in a way, finely detailed sculpted or carved wood portraits of mythical characters decorated with rudimentary materials uh, and symbolic, uh, which have uh, symbolic references. Uh, the materials are such as animal hide, woven thread, gold leaf, and other interesting kind of mythical artifacts, which which reflect something similar that we might have seen, but they are contained within this world that you've created. Uh, when did your when did your world when did this kind of mythical world begin for you, and what do you think prompted it? Um, well, I can 
Yeah, sort of pinpoint. I read this great piece of fiction by Georges Louis Borges about um, an imaginary planet. Um, it's called Tlon Akbar Orbis Teratus. <laughs> and uh, artifacts are found from this imaginary planet is kind of dreamed up by a group of academics and um, artifacts start to appear and slowly it becomes taught in history books and it becomes reality and I just I found it very inspiring. So my first project was um, creating artifacts from a crashed Wonderland aeroplane. Yeah. <laughs> Um, which was was it Wonderland or Wandana Land? Why did I get where did I get Wandana Land from? Oh, so there was another. So I've done a few different yeah iterations of it. So there was um, Gondwana Land. That's it. So that was um, a lost civilization in Antarctica because there's been a lot of um, kind of conspiracy theories around there having been. Um, ancient civilizations in Antarctica and so I thought that was quite an interesting um, yeah yeah point to jump off from yeah and then you started creating then you did Wonderland and now now you've so so those arts and now you do well when you do an installation what do you uh, ah, so many questions for you Okay, I'll pull it back. At the moment, you're ex exhibiting, say, if we're going to break down one of the pieces that you exhibit when you have a show, you also, as well as creating these characters, which have these stories around them, um, you also actually have the artifacts as artworks within themselves. So one of these pieces is, uh, is the um, Higher Consciousness Integrating Calculator mm -hmm. um, with Gumnut. Is that actually <laughs> in the title, the Gumnut? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is basically, to describe it, a, a, a sort of an, an, an abacus, a traditional abacus, but with sort of a, a, an ethereal take on it, um, which is uh, made of walnut, brass, wooden beads, gum nuts, resin wax, and cast concrete geometric orb type shapes, which serve to stand the artwork up. So that particular work is currently on display at the Vivian. Yes, yeah. Um, so, so the material being wood, seeds, and concrete. Um, so you've gotten to that point now, where you where you have these artifacts as well. So when you have a big solo show such as you've got coming up, what? How do you pull that together, and what kind of works do you put in there, and what kind of story do you have that accompanies it? Um, well, I still haven't fully defined what my <laughs> solo show is going to be, but. Um, I sometimes I use fictions and sometimes I don't like I, I sort of feel that um, having that background in researching the creation of fictional artifacts is sort of ingrained in the way that I make work now and sometimes I don't feel like I need a fiction like it, it feels like it's too constrictive and then other times I really enjoy bringing stories into it do you, yeah do you find when you're creating or when you're sculpting something or carving something do you find that the story starts to evolve evolve as you go through the process say the story I'm, I know I keep harking back to it and you've just said there's not really a story but even the story around or the 
the the the greater um, story, I guess, is the right word, around a character that you're carving, or the things that you're working on, and you might be thinking while you're working. Do you start to develop their function and their and their positioning within the wider scope? Of yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It definitely evolves as I'm working on it. Um, I think earlier on when I was living because I was living in Melbourne for a long time and I was um, applying for funding and I would often sort of get the main story down oh, yep, yep. In, in that process of applying for, <laughs> for grants but it would I would always leave a lot of room for things to evolve within that yeah. because you know it would get a bit boring if you just well and it's where the magic comes in isn't it yeah. really you need to put the structure there and, the, and let the magic take over yeah um what brought you back to New Zealand um we well we came back for a holiday in February <laughs> and it was so beautiful oh and just went oh and there New were no Zealand. spiders or snakes. So. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and it was like 40 degrees or plus in Melbourne. And so it's just so nice here. Wow. Yeah. That's really good to hear. I, yeah. I've been down on, on Auckland lately because it's so expensive to live in. And uh, just recently going down the line, it's like, oh, man, I forgot New Ze- about New Zealand. Yeah. The rest of the country <laughs> and how beautiful it is and yeah. how beautiful the people are. That live here. Um, so, what happens when you have a show overseas and you've got all these artworks which have seeds and stuff that you've been? Um, I have to get them treated. There's a quarantine treatment centre near oh. the airport, so they get heat treatment sometimes, and. Know something else, gamma ray. I don't know. Wow, <laughs> they, gamma get, they, ray. they get treated somehow. That sounds yeah. awesome. And you've got coming up. Okay, so this. So I know I've jumped the gun a bit talking about your solo shows, but you have been doing a lot of group shows, and finally, finally, you've got a couple of solos coming up. So are these your first solos in New Zealand since you, apart from the one at Tatoi? Um, Artist Alliance. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, which is exciting. I mean, I went through a period where I would have a solo show every year. Yeah. Um, and I kind of got burnt out a bit. Yeah. And then came back here and re... <laughs> and also a solo shows, yeah, with the type of work you do. It's very time-based and quite slow. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, just a quick question around that. You've got a solo show coming up at the Vivian next at the, uh, later this year or early next year? Uh, we haven't got a firm date. It's probably later in the year because I've actually got something at Sanderson as well in March. Uh, that, that's right. So, so what's the deal with moonlighting in dealer gallery land like you are? <laughs> How are you getting away with this? Well, I guess at the moment I'm not signed to any ah, I see what you're doing <laughs> yeah you're just dating I yeah see. I mean I had quite I've had a few dealers in Melbourne and it's kind of you've got to test the waters oh absolutely I think both parties need to test the waters so yeah yeah well I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing those shows um also just quickly I mean I I wish I had more of budget so I could actually buy art but you've got 
You've got King's College and Church Street art sales coming out before Christmas this year. What are you having in those? And what are the what's the what can people get at those of your work? Because that's pretty exciting. Um, at this stage, it's going to be printed. Okay. Um, so photographs of the sculptures. Yeah. Okay. Framed. Great. Yep. That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, damn, I want a little ambicus. All right, okay. Not that they're called that. Um, okay, so I reckon that's 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 us. You've got a, one of your beautiful, well, you've got one of your, um, your, I'm trying to find the name now, but your calculator. Higher Consciousness Integrating yeah. Calculator. Yeah. It's Man, a long I love title. It. I love that. Um, so that's on at, at, at the Vivian at the moment, which is up in Medicana, isn't it? Yeah, I've got it. I've got four works in there at the moment. So I've got uh, a wood-carved figure and a spirit guy and then two abacus. Is that spirit there. guy? He's really cool. He's with Gumnut in God's Eye, right? Yeah, yeah. He's rad. He's, uh, yeah. I mean, people just really need to actually see, have a look at your work. And if you jump onto uh, Wanda's website, wandagillespie.com, and that's spelled G-I-L-L-E-S-P-I-E. You'll see straight away what we're talking about. And it's really quite rad work, Wanda. Thank you. Um, anyway, that's us for this morning. <laughs> Thank you so much, Thanks, Wanda, for Amy. coming in. Thank you. Thanks for coming up. Ooh, I like this. Trey chic. Trey cool. <laughs> Touche. Chin chin. That was Who Arted with Amy Ralphini.